0: Hi and welcome to the Homeopathy Health Show. I'm Atik Ahmad Bharti, a fourth-generation homeopath with over 25 years of professional experience and practice in this field of healing. The Homeopathy Health Show is the online voice of homeopathy around the world, promoting and raising awareness of this truly unique system of healing which is suitable for all ages, young and old. Every week I invite guests from the world of homeopathy to come and share their experiences, their work offer insights, and essentially, talk all things homeopathy. Why not visit www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast button to listen to the latest episodes. So let's begin today's show here on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. Hi everybody, and welcome to the 50th episode of the Homeopathy Health Show. Yes, we've reached 50 episodes, the big five o, as they say, which actually reminds me of my 50th, and trust me when I say things can only get better. Now a year has gone by so, so quickly, and it has been quite an extraordinary year, a year of great progress for the show itself, and also for homeopathy. As far as the show is concerned, I've had such a great honour to converse with so many homeopaths. From around the world, including principals, teachers, authors, lecturers, students, researchers, advocates and also ambassadors of homeopathy. And on top of that, I've had the good fortune to be able to talk to those homeopaths who are out in medical camps who are serving humanity by providing homeopathy free of charge. So It really is such a vast, vast array and it's brought everybody together on this platform of the Homeopathy Health Show and that in itself is is such a delight indeed. Now this 50th episode has been full of special guest messages which I've received from around the world from homeopaths and you can find all of these in video format on my official Instagram and you can find me at like underscore treats like. So that's at like underscore treats like. There's also a special message which I've received from the CEO of UK Health Radio, and I'm delighted to share that with you also. And it's, of course, it's up on my socials. Now, some good news for you is that the show itself has become one of the fastest growing shows on the UK Health Radio network. And again, that's really, really humbling because I never would have imagined a year ago, where we are today. And it's just been such an incredible journey and who knows what the next year ahead uh, has in store. Now, I use the word store, so what's in store for today, for the 50th episode? Well, it's really about going back to the start, about learning homeopathy. And so I have the good fortune to speak to three actually graduates from the School of Homeopathy, which is based in the UK about their experiences and their insights. But before I do that, I actually have another surprise for you, and that is I'm joined by my dear friend, Manny Norland. Manny has been on the show previously, as you know, and is the principal of the School of Homeopathy itself. Manny Norland, welcome to the 50th episode of the Homeopathy Health Show. Congratulations! (laughs) Woohoo!
1: Congratulations.
0: <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? I keep thinking of my birthday, you know. I think it's it's I'm 50 years old, but I'm past that now. So, <laughs> uh,
1: yes. Well, 50 is a big number, isn't it? Half a century.
0: Absolutely. And,
1: uh, I would I would like to pass on my congratulations to to getting to the 50th episode. It's a great it's a great milestone and um it's a really good achievement and it's it's great to have you out there doing all of these podcasts. Of different aspects of homeopathy, different people in homeopathy, and just really shining a light uh, for homeopathy, so yeah, congratulations on the achievement and more strength to you and keep going
0: oh, thank you so much very, very kind words indeed i as I was saying to the listeners just before um you joined it's been an extraordinary year you know there's so much going on in the world of homeopathy and We've had I've had so many guests on the show, and everyone has their unique insight and experiences, and it's just so humbling to be able to be in a position to share all of that and really promote homeopathy across the world. And it's it's having an impact, I have to say, and it's um and that's just brilliant. You know, it's it's making homeopathy hip. It's making homeopathy current, and it's taking homeopathy to the new generation of our future homeopaths.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think homeopathy continues to grow and go from strength to strength. And certainly at the school, um, you know, we see enrollment numbers are up. We've had um, the biggest intake into year one this year, probably um, the biggest we've had for at least 10 years. Um, we've just opened School of Homeopathy Turkey with our lovely partners out there. And they've got um, a massive enrollment for year one. I mean, to homeopathy in Turkey is booming um, so it's exciting and we, you know, we continue to see um, homeopathy doing it well in America and Australia and Canada as well as the UK and, and across Europe um, so it's exciting it is an exciting time to be working in natural medicine and um, especially, especially in homeopathy
0: absolutely and i know that the school has been involved like you've mentioned in so many areas and uh, congratulations by the way on on such a huge intake and i'm sure it's only going to exponentially increase year on year now
1: yeah 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 well let's hope so for the health of um, the planet and the health of people we need you know we need more people thinking holistically thinking in a connected way caring about nature caring about each other caring about the planet um get you know get the get the love going around get the healing going around getting people looking out for each other that's uh, that's what we that's what we need
0: you know i said to you last time you'll remember when we were having this conversation when you were on the podcast recently um about now is the time for homeopathy and your your um, enrollment figures prove that uh, you know from one aspect and everyone i've been speaking to homeopaths be they authors or lecturers or any modality within this huge umbrella of homeopathy they've they're all saying the same thing that the focus of people is very much towards alternative or complementary systems and very much um homeopathy seems to be right at the top there people are genuinely interested now and asking questions and wanting to attend workshops and seminars and wanting to know more and buying books be they second-hand books on homeopathy you know Mm -hmm. and and that's just brilliant i loved i loved hearing all that i think it's great
1: yeah yeah yeah, absolutely no i concur it's good it's good
0: so what has the school been up to what's planned for this year I, i do know uh that you do have a a seminar coming up um, with Dr. Gorang and Luke Norland, who's also been on on the show. Both of them actually have been on the show, and uh, that's uh, something quite special, isn't it? For for December,
1: yeah, it's great. It's coming up in December. That's absolutely right. It's on a Monday and Tuesday, and it's uh, um, possible to join in person or online. Um, it's being held in Stroud, and we're very pleased to have Gorang actually in person. It's kind of the first time. He's been to the UK and to, to Europe. Um, so we're delighted to be hosting him for his first event in the UK. He's fast becoming a very popular teacher mm. in India and in the West. And then uh, it's always lovely to host my brother, Luke, um, who's also you know a rising star. And it's great mm-hmm. to host this event with two rising stars, um, one from the East and one from the West, and bringing that together and showcasing them and hosting that at the School of Homeopathy so now we're delighted to put that event on and all the information is on the School of Homeopathy website in the in the events section you'll find a page on that Um, and the other thing that we've got happening is next year in May every every May we do the marvellous May event where we open the school up to an international guest speaker and we have our students plus graduates and homeopaths coming together for this event um, and this May, uh, well in May 2024, we have Peter Tomanello coming all the way from Australia um, to talk about gemstones and special stones and um, the remedies in homeopathy but also the sort of theory and philosophy about, about the Materia Medica and the characteristics of those remedy types, it's going to be really interesting.
0: That, that sounds fascinating. And that's going to be such a big hitter, I think, in, including the one in December. I think that's going to be so, so well attended. And like you've said, um, if you are interested in attending or you want to know more, do go to the School of Homeopathy uh, website, which is, again, uh, Manny, please do remind us.
1: Schoolofhomeopathy.com
0: And uh, what else uh, is planned? What else is planned for... Uh, I, I suppose, do you wind down sort of around Christmas time? We're in October, so there's a few months now, aren't there? Uh,
1: yes, we do shut the school office for a couple of weeks over Christmas as it uh, goes quieter and takes some time um, to reflect and be with friends and family, which is always nice. And yes. hopefully enjoy a bit of snow here in the UK. If we get a bit of a spattering, get the sledge out.
0: I got a te- We got a teaspoon of snow where I live. <laughs> you know? literally it was a teaspoon we got so happy about it as well did <laughs> you, you put it in the freezer to, to save? Yeah, then put it in a glass of coke <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah but uh my kids yeah. always say my family always say oh dad why why don't we get snow i said in the 80s because i've never moved from from my hometown i said in the 80s we used to get snow up to you know half the door yeah and then i don't know what happened it just stopped <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, I remember being up to my armpits in mm-hmm. snow. It was very exciting.
0: Yeah, the good uh, old days. Never
1: say never. Who knows? You never know. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, uh, it's so great to have you uh, back on the show. And um, I'm now going to move to the three graduates, actually, from the School of Homeopathy. And um, they are Victoria Waring, Nicole Schubert, and uh, Joe McGowan. And um, they're really going to really share their insights and experiences so thank you many uh, very very much grateful to you and uh, I really look forward to you coming back on the show very very soon
1: yeah lovely it's it's always a pleasure nice to see you and I'm delighted with the idea of um, speaking to some of our graduates and and these three are going to be fantastic and they're gonna you know give a really good insight in what it's like to study homeopathy and to graduate and go out there and start practice so i'm sure you're going to have a fun show and some good discussions and yeah say hi from me and uh, pass on pass on my best
0: i'm thrilled that on the 50th we're able to get you know three graduates from the school of homeopathy and I, i think it's it's just wonderful it's the best place to be at the start of that journey you know and to share that with everybody
1: yeah, I think it's great. It will give people a really good insight in what it's like to, to study homeopathy, the development, the self-awareness, the philosophy, the learning the remedies, um, analyzing the case, case receiving and, and just helping people. Um, yeah, I'm sure that's gonna be, gonna be a good show. So thank you for putting it together and congratulations again on the 50th episode.
0: Seasons greetings to you and no doubt we will talk to one another very soon after.
1: Thank you, Atik. Take care.
0: Now on to my guests for today's 50th episode of the Homeopathy Health Show. And I'm absolutely thrilled, I'm delighted, and I'm extremely excited to welcome uh, Joe McGowan, Nicole Schubert-Nicholas, and Victoria Waring to today's episode. So uh, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. It's an absolute honour, absolute delight. Thanks for
2: having us. It's a pleasure. I have
0: so much to ask you. I have so many things to ask you. So, um, Joe, let's start with you, firstly. Um, You have been a homeopath for five years now. And you've got a very interesting backstory as well, actually. But uh, I wanted to ask you how one thing that you all have in common is that you've all studied at the School of Homeopathy. And the School of Homeopathy is run by the principal, Manny Norland. And uh, we all know Manny was actually on the show just a few minutes ago. And um, he's also a very good friend and uh, just a, a wonderful person, to be perfectly honest with you. all An all rounder. And I uh, wanted to ask really what your experiences were at the school and uh, how you found studying homeopathy at the School of Homeopathy.
2: Well, um, it took me quite a long time to get to the point uh, which I was ready to start at the School of Homeopathy. It had been something that I'd been thinking about um, through my 20s as a potential career move, Um, but I was doing other exciting work at the time and it wasn't the right moment. Um, But eventually, in 2009, when my eldest child was one, so I'd become a mother... I think that was the moment at which I decided it was time to embark on the, the journey. Um, so it was a bit of a shift in career. I had been working um, in various different charities and NGOs with sustainable development and human campaigning for peace and human rights. And I decided to become a homeopath and it, it sounds like it was a really big shift in career, but actually, it wasn't. It was the same values that underpinned it: um, sustainable, uh, ethical, treading lightly on the planet. So I joined, and I took me. So it took me a long time to get to the point that I was ready to be trained, but it also took me quite a long time to actually get through the course. Um, having babies and um, moving house a couple of times got in the way, but it was a wonderful experience obviously you're learning about homeopathy and materia medica and uh the philosophy but there was also more to it it felt like a journey of self discovery a monthly retreat meeting friends that have become meeting people that have become very long standing friends and colleagues and um i finally qualified in january 2019 and i've been in practice ever since so yeah that was it was a very important part of my personal life and also my professional life and here i am
0: you know it's very interesting you said it's taken you know several years or some some extended period of time but you know that's actually not a bad thing at all because i i as you know i speak to so many homeopaths around the world and uh it's, it's all these journeys are always so inspiring because everything has a time and a place mm. and you know that time where you where i know that you wore for example um you've mentioned campaigning for human rights peace and 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 working in the charity sector as well and those are the skills that bring everything together you know um homeopathy has i found sometimes is like the the icing on the cake and you know it, whatever your experiences are in the past they're never wasted never i've never met anyone who said oh i did this and it was i, I don't find it's helped me in homeopathy whatever your background is somehow <clears throat> it links into to homeopathy so incredibly well
2: yeah i definitely agree and i think i drew I, i'd still draw on lots of skills and experience i got in my first career if you like for well, this one so yeah absolutely
0: and um Victoria moving to yourself how was your experience you qualified in 2022 and uh you you've got to, I actually want to ask you about your uh, interest in the Australian bush flower essences but before we go to that how was um studying homeopathy at the school because I do know that your journey originally began um you say when you were in Prague and that's uh, that's that was in about 2004 I believe
3: Yes, that's right. I'd been um, uh, working in London before that and we we had an opportunity to move to Prague um, where, and I thought that this would be great for me because there, there's a film industry as well there. So we moved to Prague and I couldn't get a job because I didn't speak Czech. So I thought, well, I can't just move to this country and, and not work. So I spent six months. Learning Czech
0: was that easy because um, I'm, I'm terrible, you know, at trying to learn. I'm I'm terrible at trying to learn a single word, let alone a le- different language. So, uh, how was that experience?
3: A learning Czech was very, very hard, very hard because I'm not um, particularly gifted gifted at uh, learning other languages, and it mm. because it's so completely different to English. But you know, we were living in the country, we were immersed in the culture. I had Czech friends. Um, I needed it every day in going to the shops and things. So, I actually, after the first sort of month or two, it became much easier. And I eventually got got good enough at Czech to be able to understand what people are saying generally. And mm. um, when I did eventually get a, a, a job working for a film production company, I could sit in on the meetings and understand what was going on.
0: And obviously, you've um, you've studied uh, at the School of Homeopathy, so. How was that experience?
3: It was. I loved it, actually. I, well, I started in 2004 in Prague and I was on the distance learning course with the plan was that I was going to fly back for the odd weekend if mm. I could and join the attendance people. But that didn't that didn't happen so much. But I did come to two summer schools at the, when Misha helped them at Yondakot, which was amazing. Um, and then I life got very busy my job got very busy and then i had children so finishing the training you know it went on the back burner for a bit and then when we we moved back to to the uk and my youngest started school and i decided it was time to pick up the training again so i redid my first year uh, distance learning and i started the second year and then i worked out that actually if I carried on at that pace, I wasn't going to be qualified until, I don't know, <laughs> like 2030. So I decided that actually I'd join the attendance course, and it was amazing. It was completely transformed my learning. Um, I uh, loved going to Hawkwood once a month. I loved, I felt like I was training with the people that I should have been training with. I finally joined the year group that I should have joined, so um, I actually felt like i um, I qualified at the right time.
0: Again, it goes back to that thing that I was—I was just sharing with um, uh, Joe. There's a, there's always a time and a place, and I think uh, you know. Again, I'll say it that there's never a rush. One should never rush. You know, things sometimes just fall into place at the right time. And certainly that is the case with a a lot of the homeopaths that I speak to. And it's a blessing, you know, because it makes you a better homeopath, honestly. Life experiences are so, so important. Knowing people, understanding, sadly, you know, we all go through them. But having trials and tribulations make you a better homeopath, because if you don't have that experience, and we all go through this, so it's is just part of life, right? But those experiences make you give you that compassionate link to a patient and I think that's so so important nowadays
3: yes I agree um and also I feel that qualifying later has fed into the practice that I have now because it my practice has naturally progressed into um having more of a speciality in seeing um people coming to me with menopause problems or children with puberty problems. And that's partly because that's the age that I am and um, the age that my children are and my my friends' and patients' children are. Qualifying when I did qualify has um, and meant that with my life experience and the age that I am, that I've been able to support the women who come to see me with menopause problems and they're often their children who come with uh, problems related to puberty, like acne and hormone, you know, ups and downs and things like that. So um, the life experiences I had in qualifying later has actually made me a much, much better homeopath.
0: Oh, that's, that's, that's very, very rewarding to know, actually. Uh, Nicole, Schubert, Nicholas, now again, you have a very interesting journey to homeopathy. Um, and it started in your 20s because of hay fever, which can be so upsetting, isn't it? And honestly speaking, sometimes it just, it's not even just a simple sneeze. Uh, I, I'm sure you've seen patients who have hay fever, which really makes one's life a total misery. And this is, you know, homeopathy is so amazingly good treating hay fever and and detoxification of the colon and and so on and so forth. But uh, you also have a very interesting journey overall to homeopathy. So how has that been? And how was studying at the School of Homeopathy?
4: Yeah, I do actually get quite a lot of patients with hay fever coming to me now just because that is in my bio, I think. It just got to a stage where it was just impacting my life so much, it was getting worse and worse every year. So I started to look at alternatives what i could do to kind of you know resolve that and the um i mean the other alternative at the time was going driving up to the london hospital london bridge hospital every other week to get injections for some sort of desensitization therapy i think it's much simpler now but it was really quite invasive then. and then um a friend a cousin actually of my husband's came to see me and said look i've I've," it's a really classical story he he said well i been to this homeopath and she's cured me of my hair fever so why don't you try it out and that was the the start of the journey really um um and um it's really changed my whole outlook on life and obviously my professional life and it's sort of then just weaved into me having you know becoming pregnant having children yeah and then i think i mean i used to work in finance i did that for five years and that was really exciting and I loved it and then I I got really bored with it um and in my and then we had children and so in my head I, I kind of started thinking about well what shouldn't I be studying retraining something like this rather than just looking for a job in finance that I could com- combine with family life which which seemed tricky um and then my husband one day, was also in finance, He, um, one day he just said, well, wouldn't it be much better to have a homeopath in the family rather than a second banker? And that was a really important, important point because you have to sort of, because it's got quite a big financial impact on family to retrain in anything really. I think it's really important to have both people on board. It takes two for that to work. Um so that was brilliant and so then I started on the correspondence course that didn't really work out very well I sort of did two units in 8 years um and then one day Amanda Norland she emailed me and she said hey why don't you sign up to the attendance course this win this winter this autumn and I just said yes and um and that's how I ended up on the attendance course and it was the best choice really and it was good timing my kids were a bit older Um, and, um, it just became a second family, really. I mean, I've moved quite, I've moved quite, uh, I've moved around quite a bit. And I think I've always made family wherever I was. And, um, Hawkwood was no different, really. It's such a special place. Yeah. And my, my, um, my year group, they're still my, some of my closest friends. We meet twice a week on zoom. Eh, not twice a week, so we meet twice a month twice a month on Zoom, we discuss our lives, our cases. You know there's always a positive thing in everything I think I'm an optimist um and really, the lockdown really helped us with that because we were in the middle of our last year in the school of homeopathy, and we suddenly all had to move online and you know the teachers say, "Oh, it's impossible to teach homeopathy online it's impossible to treat patients online." Um, it's impossible to have so many people in one meeting and then you know Mani just did it and we all did it and we just got into the habit of keeping in touch with each other which makes that we've got such a fantastic peer group now
0: So how do you find online consultations against physical ones?
4: I, I prefer I think I might have a preference for seeing people in person but on the other hand it allows me to see more patients and um and I have a patient in Hong Kong. I I um I speak three languages, and I'm I'm able to see patients in France, in Germany, here in the UK. And I couldn't do that if it wasn't for mm. Zoom, so or any other platform. Um. So, you know, in that way, I'm personally
2: I'm really grateful. I definitely prefer seeing people in person, but where I found where I found it helpful is when some of my longstanding clients have for whatever reason moved away and they want to continue. So I've built up that relationship with them in person and I know them and I've been in the same physical space as them. But, you know, I've got one um, client who's moved to Somerset. I can still see her. So that's great. And I've got another client who's moved to Berlin and I can still see her. So that's where it's coming for me. But I, personally prefer to start with people in in real life but mm. that's a personal preference
3: and yeah.
0: uh what about yourself victoria
3: well when i started seeing patients it was in lockdown so i started seeing people on zoom and i had no other experience apart from you know friends and family and so for me it was the norm and then once lockdown ended and I started seeing patients in face-to-face patients. I realized that actually there is definitely a, you, you get more of a rapport when you see people face-to-face but because I'd started on Zoom I don't really have a problem with it mm. and also I find that people who come to see me for an initial consultation will often then switch to Zoom after because because of work commitments or whatever, it means that they can see me enjoying the working day. And also people with children, because I try not to see people after, at, in the evenings or at weekends because of my own family. So it's it's quite helpful for that. If I, I can still have a Zoom appointment in the evening or the weekend with, because then people aren't coming to my house. So it keeps the separation between my family and the patients much clearer. So it's really helpful, I think.
0: Wonderful. Now, Joe, I have a question for you, and that is that you are a chair for Homeopathy in the Sussex community. This is an organization that provides uh, low-cost homeopathy to vulnerable members of the local community. So, um, you know, that's uh, that's very uh, wonderful indeed. And it's as we all know, homeopathy is very much a service to humanity. And this is like literally making a big difference. So do tell us a bit more about that and how you got involved.
2: It's a bit of a funny story how it started because I was, I think, in the final year of my training. So I hadn't actually qualified um, as a, a professional homeopath. And I saw an ad, an advert for a role for homeopathy in the Sussex community. Um, and they were looking for a homeopath to work with um, a new... Uh, it was a new project working with people, I think asylum seekers and refugees in the Sussex area. And it really caught my interest because of my original career, uh, working with vulnerable communities um, and also making sure that homeopathy was available to everybody, not just those um, who were privileged to be able to afford it. Um, So I, I decided to apply for the role but I wasn't actually a qualified homeopath, but I chucked my hat into the ring anyway um, and very clearly said, look, I'm not quite qualified. I'm nearly there, but I'm really passionate. Unsurprisingly, I didn't get the role, but they contacted me and said, would I like to stay involved anyway and become a trustee? So that's how I started. So an unsuccessful job application was how I how I um, got involved um so that was 2018 so it's been about 5 years and i'm now chair um we're a very little organisation um the board is a group of volunteers there are th- three paid homeopaths who work for the organisation and it's largely um at the moment it's largely working with, with people who are experiencing domestic violence and survivors of sexual violence and sexual assault um it's a wonderful little project it works on a shoestring as many of these little community organizations are and yeah it's really really it's really good and i'm really proud to be part of it
0: oh that's wonderful so how does homeopathy in the sussex community actually see uh, patients is there a central location or do they uh, get through other avenues
2: So uh, they work through partner organisations that already exist and are already seeing the community that they're working with. So, for example, RISE, which is an organisation, very well-known organisation in Brighton that works with uh, largely women who are experiencing domestic violence. So our offer is within RISE. So it's an additional offer. So RISE might signpost people to uh, legal support, counselling, psychotherapy. Um, one of the things that they now have through HISC is homeopathy, so access to homeopathy. So we're working through various different partner organisations that already exist, already have a really strong reputation, and we're just adding to that. So it's um, it's really professional, obviously through lockdown, um, like many uh, structures in society we had to rethink things went online now they're starting to get back or they already are back face to face but that's how we work yeah it's really good
0: wonderful you know to know it's it's just such a nice place to be in isn't it to be able to to give back and to be able to help and uh, just like yourself you know I have uh, since I was I think early as I can remember six or seven years old I've been involved in, in voluntary work charity work throughout my life and and now my family is is involved and we do it together and it's like at least three evenings a week or certainly once a weekend you know full day I'm talking not just a couple of hours and but it's just so nice isn't it It's really good to be able to give back and to help the community and homeopathy is is so wonderful uh, yeah. when it, when it comes into the mix here you know there's so many things you can do you can do uh, soup kitchens and uh, winter coming up raise funds for um, care homes you can give out gloves and socks which uh you know coming up to christmas time i'm certainly going to be involved in that you know blankets and thermals and hot meals and and homeopathy is also one thing that you can actually help people with
2: i think yeah absolutely and i think what is great about the work that homeopathy in the Sussex community does is that it makes this a viable option for people um i i think that The clients will contribute a very small amount if they can, a few pounds, nothing, nothing more. But it makes homeopathy accessible for people who wouldn't normally have that um, on their cards. And it's it's we've had focus groups. We've spoken to um, the people who've benefited from the service who have said literally this has saved my life. So we know it's adding a great value to people.
0: That's really, really nice to know, um, Victoria. Now, you have a particular interest in helping those uh, people going through times of change, specifically puberty and menopause. So, yeah. what was um, how how did you specifically go into that those two areas as such? We all go through different times of change, and including uh, when we talk about menopause specifically. It's the emotional uh, weight uh, of the hormonal changes that can sometimes really bring somebody very down, you know, make them very down and sad, or or create other uh, issues. So, what made you go into that specifically? What's your uh, sort of hook there?
3: Well, I I have a general practice, so I see you know anyone and everyone. But over the the years that I was I've been practicing because I started under supervision before I qualified. Um, It seems to be that the majority of people who come to see me are uh, women going through the menopause um, and subsequently through helping them, they often will bring me their children who are going through puberty, who are going through quite a lot of problems as well with hormone fluctuations, acne, anger, um, so the, the women who come to see me, uh, they often find that the, their menopause is much more straightforward, much easier to to, to cope with because in you know, HRT is very popular, but not everyone can take it. Um, and not everyone wants to take it. So I offer an alternative to that. But if someone's on HRT, I can still support them. and then they when they bring if they bring their children, then their children have a much more balanced puberty which generally makes their whole household a lot happier because everyone is happier <laughs> so it's it's not that i set out to be um to have that as a sort of specialization but it just seems to be that that's where my practice is going and i'm very happy to support everyone who's going through that
0: and you also use or have started to use australian bush flower essences and i must say as i mentioned to you uh, just yeah. before the recording ian white fifth generation herbalist and mm-hmm. uh, founder of the australian bush flower essences has been on the Homeopathy health show and i tell you what amazing essences they are i use them as well in in yeah. practice uh, alongside uh, the batch flower remedies they really are amazing and uh, the love and the passion and the care and the commitment and the dedication that Ian actually has for those essences in creating them, you know, if you listen to, if you're able to to listen to that podcast, if you haven't already, he's relayed certain stories, and one of them was that he spent two hours driving uh, in the Australian outback to get to a certain place, and then it was I don't know how many hours of walking to get to find just one flower. And that's a journey that he had to then obviously repeat because um, I think there was a, a problem with the weather and uh, he wasn't able to complete that. That's dedication. I mean, who does that? I An don't education. know any other people except for Ian who actually spends that much time. You know, and that's commitment, isn't it? No wonder the remedies work so well.
3: Yeah, they're fabulous remedies. I um I use a few. Uh, I use Australian bush essences. Um, I also use, I was introduced to flower essences through the batch flower essences and uh, through Nature's Wish flower essences. And from then, I've moved on to um, incorporating Australian bush essences as well. But I find them really helpful to support um, the emotional ups and downs that people go through. Um, because often you give somebody a homeopathic remedy and it, it might take a, a while to, it might take a, a couple of weeks to work and it might need some time to actually work itself. So it might need a month or so to actually do all the good work that it's going to do. But on a day to day basis, um, the um, flower essences are really beneficial for keeping everyone balanced and and well whilst that process is is unfolding. So, yes, I've, I find them really helpful and certainly my patients, they love them.
0: Now, uh, Nicole, uh, interesting that you have an interest in children's health because preceding that, you did become very interested in the human microbiome and nutrition. And certainly now, with all the chemicals and pesticides and and other pollutants, air pollutants and toxins, we always find that, or I certainly have, have come across, I'm sure this is the same for yourselves, that a lot of patients come with a lot of toxic baggage which is no fault of their own. I mean uh, we have to eat and sometimes the food may not, even though it is fresh but you know it's uh, laced, should I say, for want of a better word with chemicals to keep it fresh. So how's this, how did that link in to, to children's health? Because I know a lot of children now are suffering from digestive disturbances and uh, you know that's a real worry as well, isn't it? because allergies as a result have, have really become so heightened.
4: Yes, yeah, I um I do see quite a lot of children with with gut issues actually. And um I I don't think that's only because I attract that sort of patient because I'm so interested in the mi- gut microbiome, but um I think it's just a general problem that we have now with most children. Um I love the bowenozoids, so they they kind of like for me they 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 lead on to my interest in nutrition and um, fermented drinks and and all of that. So, I don't give nutritional advice as such to parents myself, um, other than very basic ones. Um, but I do find that with the right remedy, people get on the right track and they start being interested in the in the right foods. I mean, I see it with my own children. We we look at. I talk to them about food cravings quite a bit. Two of them are teenagers now, so they, you know, very often they make their own food. Um, and we talk about what it means if you have this and this craving. And, um, and remedies do change that um, to a certain extent, not just bowel nozones. Um So it's still very much, in, you know, at the center of what I, I'm concerned with. But I just, you know, I use the remedies rather than, than food these days. Um,
0: it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you uh this is the 50th episode so you know it means uh it's a big deal for me personally not because it's actually the 50th episode but the fact that i've had the opportunity to speak to so many different homeopaths around the world and give a flavor of share their insights and experiences and um it's always nice and i think i had this uh talk with Manny Norland. And I thought, you know, for the 50th, the best thing to do is to get graduates of homeopathy on to talk about some of their experiences. It's been a real thrill and joy, actually. So uh, with that, uh, Joe McGowan, Nicole Schubert, Nicholas, and Victoria Waring, thank you so very much for coming on this episode. But I would say that I would ask you back so that we can actually have a longer conversation because there are so many other questions to ask, including a question about Captain Marvel, which I didn't get around to, I'm afraid.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: you. I do hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of the Homeopathy Health Show. Please do support the show by clicking follow on my socials. Remember, the more exposure the podcast receives, the better for homeopathy around the world you can find me on instagram by searching for at like underscore treats like and on both facebook and TikTok by searching for at like treats like so let's promote the voice of homeopathy on radio and podcast around the world together don't forget to visit me online at www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast tab Here you'll be able to see all the guests that have joined me on the show so far. And of course, you can stream on demand the latest episode to your mobile, tablet or PC. Until next time, stay safe and take care.